2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Second Corinthians chapter number 4. We'll read some verses here. Try our best to give you what the Lord has put on our heart for the service tonight. It's been somewhat of a difficult week to find the will of God for the service. Just tried to pray and seek the will of God and the face of God and kept coming back to this verse. And the Lord began to deal with my heart about some things. And so I'm going to read several verses tonight just to put the verse that I want to deal with in context. And we'll read in chapter number 4 and then read one verse in chapter number 5. And it was mentioned Sunday morning while Brother Tim was teaching about the chapter divisions in the King James Bible being added later. And a lot of times... There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't do any discredit to the Word of God, and it does make it easier to follow at times. But sometimes the thought process uh, doesn't end at the end of one chapter, and it spills over, carries on into the beginning of the next. And I think that is the case here in the Second Corinthians chapter four. And so uh, we'll begin reading tonight in verse number eight, and then we'll read down through verse number one of chapter five. And if you're able and willing to, we'll stand together out of reverence and honor to the reading of the Word of God. I desire your prayers that the Lord would help us. I want to be a help and a blessing to you tonight if the Lord would help us to do so. Second Corinthians chapter 4, we'll begin reading in verse number 8. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us but life in you. We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Now we read these verses here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And Paul, of course we understand, is the writer here and we all know uh, very well that this is the second letter that he's written this church. The first 
letter to the Corinthians, if you study the Bible and read what the Apostle Paul deals with, the Corinth, the church there was probably the most carnal church and had some of the greatest problems and issues in it that the Apostle Paul dealt with. And he spends a lot of time in the first letter to the Corinthian church dealing with the issues and the troubles that are within the church. But then we find out that at this second letter, Paul is commending the church and he is uh, uh, encouraging the church and admonishing the church uh, to continue on in the ways that they have learned of him uh, through the preaching and through the writings of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul here talks about all the things and he deals a lot in this chapter and in the chapters before about the suffering that not only he but also all the people of God have endured in this day. But it is that the purpose of Paul and he tells them in verse number two he doesn't want to make them sorry. In chapter two he deals with this thought. He doesn't want to discourage them or to defeat them in all of the suffering and all the things that he's endured for their sake and the things that he's encountered for preaching the gospel and also the things that he deals with about the persecution and the burdens and the afflictions that the people of God will face. He deals with them, but he wants to deal with it in a light or in a way that will not bring discouragement and defeat to the child of God. And so Paul here writes, and he we began reading in verse number 8, that they were troubled on every side, yet not distressed. So Paul deals with the things that they are facing, which seem like very difficult things, and some of the words that Paul used seem like very bad or very harsh trouble that the people of God are in and Paul includes himself in all of these words he says uh, we are troubled on every side we think about having trouble on every side but then Paul uh, brings about the fact that it could be worse than it is he said we're troubled uh, but we're not distressed that word distress uh, means not to know which way to go or which avenue to take or where that they might find help Paul said uh, we may need help but we know where to go. We have access. We have somebody that we can go to. We're not like those of the world that don't have anybody to turn to or don't have anybody to lean on. So Paul reminds the church that it could be much worse than it is. He said we're troubled on every side yet not distressed. We are perplexed but not in despair. The word perplexed means to be to have doubts or to have fears or to not know which way to turn or to be at a crossroads and not know which way to take. Uh, Paul said we may feel like we're in that shape but he said uh, we're not in despair. The word despair means to have no hope. Uh, Paul said it may look hard and it may look dark and the situation may look bleak but we're not in such a shape uh, that we don't have any hope. We do have hope uh, and Paul's going to go on to tell them that their hope uh, is in Christ and so he deals with these things of uh, being persecuted there was much persecution in the early church but he said we're not forsaken the Lord has not abandoned us cast down but not destroyed he said we're in hard days but the Lord is still taking care of us and it could be much worse with us than it is had it not been for the help of the Lord I think that kind of goes hand in hand with where we are today in the church world a lot of times we get our eyes on 
how bad it is. And I know we are in hard days. And I know we are in dark days and difficult days. But if it was not for the Lord, it'd be much worse than it is for us. And really we have it better than we think we do. We look on a lot of things and our attention is turned away from eternal things and the temporal things. And it causes us to see things that they are worse than they really are and they're not as bad as we think they are because of the help of the Lord. And so that's the thought process that Paul is trying to convey to the Corinthian church and I'm trying to get where I feel like I need to be. Just bear with me. I don't know how much preaching I'll do. It may seem more like a Bible study but I feel this in my heart and have been drawn to this verse and that's what Paul is trying to get them to understand. He gets down here out of verse number 17. He says, I light affliction which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Paul is trying. He has begun in verse number 8 and he's written all the way down to the end of the chapter trying to turn their attention away from temporal things, away from fleshly things, away from physical things and turn their eyes to eternal things, to see things in light of eternity, in light of the work of God, the word of God, the will of God for their life, the provision of God. And Paul says if you change the way you look at things, it will change the way you feel in your present circumstance and situation. So he says this, light affliction. Now we don't look at our afflictions in this life as very light. And sometimes when we're in the middle of affliction, it's hard to look at them as being but just a moment. A lot of times we feel like the storm's never going to end. That we're never going to get out of our trouble. A lot of times, and Paul's been there himself in Acts 28, he said that we were in such a shape, it's such a dark time, we hadn't seen the sun or the stars in many days, and he said it looked to us like all hope that we should be saved was taken away. But that was looking at it through fleshly eyes. That was looking at affliction as not being light and not being but for a moment. We have a tendency in our flesh. None of us like to suffer. It's not natural for the flesh to want to suffer. It's so we must look at things through the help of God through the eye of faith, not just by sight but by faith. And so he says in verse number 18 is where my heart is tonight and if you'll pray for me, I want to try to be a help to you and a blessing to you. He said while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. The Lord got to deal in my heart about seeing the things that are not seen. And we can, through the eye of faith, we can see what's not seen. See, I was thinking about it today and just the Lord began to deal with my heart about some things and some thoughts that began to come to my mind. I would say I understand that in the physical body we have five major senses. But I would say and I'm satisfied tonight that sight it would be considered the main sense for the flesh. I mean, if you can see, you, you might not be able to hear, but you can make out what somebody's saying with your eyes. 
that you can see. You might not be able to speak, but you can see to get something and use some kind of means of communication to convey the message or to communicate with somebody. And so there are a lot of things, and I understand there are people that can't see that make it just fine. But I think that the main sense of the flesh is sight. We base everything in our lives on what we see. If you would look back over your life, you base your estimation of how you're doing on what is around you, what you see. If we look around in the world and the things that we see, it's what we base our estimation on how things are going. You look at the bank account and what you see is how you base how you feel. You go to the doctor and what you see, what the doctor has to say to you, the results that you see is what you base how you feel on. There are a lot of people, I've known people that you could go to them and say you don't look good and they felt fine and there's really nothing wrong with them but they began to see things through that lens and they see what's really not there and it changes how they feel or how they look at things. Well Paul here says if we're going to look at our affliction as light and but for a moment and if we're going to understand that it is has a purpose in us but greater than just the affliction itself but that it worketh for us it is for our benefit and for the glory of God it worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal way to glory if we're going to see it that way then we must not look at the things which are seen look through sight or look through these flesh eyes but we must look Look at the things which are not seen. And if we're going to do that, then we must use faith. The Bible said we walk by faith and not by sight. If sight is the main sense of the flesh, then I believe that faith is the main sense of the spirit. And so if we're going to see the things that are not seen, it's going to take seeing them through the eye of faith. And that's the way it works for the people of God. And if we're going to get beyond our trouble and get beyond our circumstance, and I know it's a little different tonight than it was on Sunday, but I think and believe that I'm where I'm supposed to be tonight. And I believe maybe it might help somebody tonight if God would help me just to get it across to you. Paul said we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. But in order to do that, we must have faith. It takes faith to see the things that are not seen. Well, you, you say, how do we do that? Well, we go to the Word of God. And we understand that the Bible said in the book of Hebrews that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And so we are able to see the things that are not seen by faith. Now the word substance, if you look it up in Strong's Concordance, it means that it is the thing that sustains the hope that we have. That is what faith does for us. It sustains our hope. For we we have to hope and we have to believe by faith for what we can see is not hope. The Bible said if that a man see it, why doesn't he yet hope for it? It's not hope. If you can see it, you don't have to hope for it. But we hope for that we see not. 
And if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it? How do we see? How do we hope for that we see not? We do it by faith. For faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the foundation. That's what that word means. It is what our hope is built on. It's faith. Faith in the Lord. Faith in His completed word. Faith in His word that He's doing now. Faith in the promises that He made to us. That He'd never leave us and never forsake us. That He was going to prepare a place and He was coming again to receive us to Himself. And this is what Paul dealt with. That the same Spirit that raised up Jesus shall both quicken our mortal bodies and raise us up together with Him. That is the hope that we have. And the only way we can see that hope in the darkness of this world is by the eye of faith. For you can't see hope. That's what the Bible said, Romans chapter 8. What a man see it, why doth he yet hope for? If you can see it, it's tangible. You don't have to hope. It's right there. But the things you can't see, that's what you have to hope for. And the hope we have is substantiated. It is built upon by faith. says it's the substance that is uh, faith allows us if you... If you break the word down, and I'm not trying to get technical tonight, I'm just trying to be a help to you, but if you break the word substance down, it means literally that faith puts a substance we can lay hold on of the hope. We cannot lay hold on hope with any of our flesh senses. It cannot be done. Hope cannot be obtained in the flesh. It's impossibility. But by faith we can reach out and lay hold of hope. And in reality, if you study the scriptures, it would be more accurate to say that through faith, that really hope reaches out and lays hold on us. Not that we really lay hold on faith, but that it takes hold of us. And it does it by the eye of faith. We can't see it. Hope is something that's not seen, but it is given its substance by faith. And so it is the substance of things hoped for. And it is the evidence of things not seen. The word evidence literally is translated conviction. It is why we believe what we believe. It's because of faith. It's because there is evidence. When Jesus rose from the dead, the Bible said he showed himself alive by many infallible proofs. He gave evidence while he walked this earth. He gave evidence to who he was. He didn't just claim to be the Son of God, but he showed himself to be the Son of God. And when he died at Calvary, he showed himself to be the sacrificial lamb of God. When he got up on that third and appointed morning, the Bible said it was not possible that he should be holding the death, the power of death is sin, and there was no sin in him, and so therefore he could not be holding, and he rose from the dead, and he gave evidence and proof of who he was, and that's what faith does for us. To the things that are not seen. None of us have seen God at any time, the Bible said. But I thought about it. You read the book of Hebrews and we understand chapter 11. We call it the hall of faith. And we major on some verses and neglect a lot of times other verses. But if you go down toward the latter portion of the chapter, it talks about Moses and how that he endured. He did not, he despised the wrath of Pharaoh. He didn't worry about what Pharaoh might do, but he endured by seeing him who is invisible. You say, how is that possible? It's possible by the eye of faith. Moses saw what could not be seen. He saw that God had a plan. 
He saw that God had a purpose. See, faith don't line up with facts all the time. And faith don't line up with our figures for sure. You and I think we got it all figured out. But Moses probably thought he had it all figured out. Others in the Word of God thought they had it figured out. But when we think about Abraham, the Bible calls him the father of our faith. And he thought he had it all figured out. Him and Sarah got together and thought they knew the mind of God and the way of God. But that wasn't the way it worked. But it was by faith. It didn't go by their figures. It just went by what was not seen and gave it substance, gave it hope unto those that hope for it. Abraham had all this land. God had blessed him. God called him out of his land, out of Ur of the Chaldees, told him to leave his land, of his nativity, leave his family, leave everything behind, and to come and follow God. The Bible said Abraham by faith went out, not even knowing where he went, he just followed God. And as he followed God, God began to bless him. God gave him riches. God gave him favor in the sight of those that he came in contact with. God gave him cattle. God gave him livestock. It got so much that him and his nephews lots heard had strife and they had to part ways. Abraham was being blessed up one side and down the other but he sat down one day and he said God you've given me all this but I don't have an heir. Who am I going to leave all this to? Is this Eliezer my servant? Is he going to be my heir? Will I have to leave everything I have to him? And God said no. I'll give you a child of your own loins. He said, out of your loins will come kings and priests and a great nation and all the world will be blessed by thy seed. And of course we understand that out of the loins of Abraham came Isaac and out of Isaac came Jacob and out of Jacob came the sons of God, the tribes of Israel and God's people of the Israelites. But Abraham at that point did not have a son, but it was by faith that he laid hold of the hope of the promise that God gave to him. Here we are in 2022 and we think about all and I'm about done I think but we think about all the things in the word of God and all the promises and all the miracles that God did and here we are and you know we have promises just like they have promises we have a promise that he's coming again we have a promise that he'll never leave us and never forsake us. We have a promise that he always abides with us. As we talked about on Sunday morning about that Holy Spirit. And we've never seen God. We've never seen him come again. We've never seen the Holy Spirit. We've experienced him on the inside. we failed him. But it is by the eye of faith that we endure and we carry on as seeing him who is invisible. We are seen by faith the things that are not seen. That's why the world looks in. And they can't figure out why we're here. They can't figure out why we do what we do. They can't understand why we believe what we believe. Why we act the way we do. Why we hold to these promises. And the reality is it's because they don't have faith. Faith is imparted unto the believer by God. The Bible said it's by grace or saved through faith and that not of ourselves. There's a lot of people that want to pick that verse apart. But the reality of it is this. Salvation's not of yourself and faith is not of yourself. It is a gift of God. And so faith has to be imparted unto the believer by God. And then that faith that is imparted has to be exercised and strengthened in the life of the believer. Anybody that God ever gave faith, he always tested and tried that faith. 
He always put that faith to the test and faith will overcome every time. You say, why? Because it's not of the flesh, it's of God. But we live in a day where everybody wants to major on what they see and that is natural for the flesh. But if we're going to have victory, let's see if we look at the things which are not seen, it will change our outlook. We won't look at our burdens, we won't look at our strife, and we won't look at our situation, we won't look at our storms or struggles. The same we'll be able to look at them as Paul said, as just lie and for a moment. For Paul said the things that are seen, that is the burdens, that is the struggles, that is the storms. Uh, those are the things that are reality that we see. Uh, but Paul said the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. That's why he said in verse 17 and 18 go so hand in hand and then on into verse number 1 of chapter 5 he said our light affliction which is but for a moment. And so these things we see, these burdens we carry, uh, these things we experience in the natural flesh uh, that we see with our natural eye, they are just temporary. Uh, they will pass away, but if God uh, will impart to us the faith and it be exercised in us to lay hold on the hope uh, that lies before us, uh, then we can see the things that are not seen that are eternal. And that is that far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. See, the Bible says in this verse, it worketh. That is a continual thing. That is every trouble you go through is working for you a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And the Bible said, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be with the, compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. The things that we do see are not worthy to be compared with the things that are not seen that you and I can see through the eye of faith. It's kind of in our language and in our understanding. We can't understand it. Preacher, how? And I thought about it. And it you know, it's really one of them thoughts. How do you see what's not seen? But it doesn't compute, and it should not because it's of God. Faith it does not compute with man's logic. It doesn't measure up out of our figures. It's imparted by God. And so it goes beyond anything that you and I can understand. We don't have to understand it. Faith does not mean that we understand the purpose of God or that we understand how. It doesn't mean that there won't still be days that we look around and are like Job sitting in, sack, uh, in ashes, cold in sackcloth uh, with our life in pieces around us wondering how in the world can anything good come of this? Uh, but it's not for our fleshly mind to see, uh, but it is by faith we're able to see that eternal weight of glory that cannot be seen with the eye of faith. So it changes our outlook. We no longer look at it the same anymore. But then I want to say, and I'm done, as far as I know, there are two things God put on my heart that uh, seeing the things that are not seen will change your outlook. No longer will we look at our suffering and our struggles. It doesn't mean there won't still be hard days, and it doesn't mean there won't still be doubts and fears and problems that we encounter, but when we go through them, we can look through the lens of faith and see that somewhere at the end there'll be good that comes out of this. It'll change our outlook, but it'll also change our affection. It'll change the way we love God if we look at the things that are not seen. For Peter said in 1 Peter, he said, Yet whom having not seen, you love. See, it's by faith that we see God. No man's ever seen God in the flesh. We've not seen Him with these eyes, but by the eye of faith. That's why 
the writer wrote, there's a land that is fairer than day, and by faith I can see it afar. He was seeing, whoever wrote that, he or she was seeing the things that are not seen. And it'll change your effects. And that's why Paul wrote to the church at Colossae the next chapter after the one Brother Tim dealt with on Sunday morning of it were to set our affection on things above, not on things on the earth. If we be risen with Christ, then he said to love the things that are above, love the things where he is, love the things, have our affection, have all of our being turned toward the things that are not seen by faith. It'll change our affection. It'll change the way we love Him. It'll change the things we love. Now I'm not saying, you know, it's not, it's, I'm not saying it's wrong to like the things we have in this life. I'm glad for the blessings that God's given me. I'm glad for a nice house to live in. It ain't no mansion and it ain't as nice as others, but it's my home and God's blessed me with it and I got no complaints. I'm glad for a nice vehicle to drive. It ain't brand new, but I'm glad for it. I have no complaints. God has blessed me with all the things that I have, but we're not to love Him based on these things. It's not where our affections to be on things on the earth. All of these things, as Paul says in this verse, all of this stuff is temporal. All this stuff's temporary. It will all pass away. I thought about, you know, I work at a body shop part of the time and a bunch of trucks roll in and you all know it well. We live in the mountains and they like to lay that stuff to the roads and it'll eat uh, the rockers and the cab corners out of one and they can pull in and have everything else shining but down on the bottom it'll be eat out the holes. You say, why does it do that? Because it's temporary. That's why Jesus said, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust, rust doth not corrupt and where thieves don't break through and steal. There are some things up yonder that you and I have that cannot be seen, but by the eye of faith we look and see that the worth of them are far more than anything we could have down here. That's why you hear these older people. I heard them all my life growing up and it never made much sense to me until I got born again and then I began to live this Christian life and the longer I go, the more it makes sense. I'd hear these old granny women and old grandpa say, I got more over yonder than I have down here. You say, what was they doing? They're seeing by the eye of faith the things that are not seen. And when they saw those things, when they set their affections on those things, it far outweighed the things that are seen. It'll change our affection. It'll change the way we love I want to say looking through the eye of faith and I'm done. I've said that two or three times. I'm done. Changing the, eye, changing the way we see things, looking through the eye of faith will not just change the way we love Him, but it'll change the way we love each other. It'll make a difference in us when we realize that we all have the same. We have this tendency in the flesh to think we're the only ones that are going through the trouble we're going in or we're going through or going through the only valley we're going through. But the Scripture said the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. It said there's no temptation taking you but such as is common to man. Everybody is going through the same trouble. Oh, all the circumstances may be a little different. The situations may be a little different. But we're all facing trouble. And we're all facing difficulty. But if we see the things that are not seen. See, that's the, that's the key to having victory through faith. 
is to not see just the trouble. We've got too many people in our day, and I'm guilty of it, and everybody here is probably guilty of it at part of the time of your life. And all we see is where we are. All we see is the trouble. And we kind of get like old Peter when he got to walking on the water, and then the Bible said he saw the wind boisterous, and he was afraid. He saw all the things that the flesh could see, and he got caught up in that. And because of that, he began to sink. We can fuss about Peter and that Peter all we want to, but everybody else stayed on the boat. Peter had enough faith to get out on the water, but still yet he had a battle with the flesh like you and I will. I'm not here to preach tonight that we'll magically overcome our flesh tonight and see through the eye of faith that the rest of our life that we get out of here, there will still be struggles with seeing the things that are not seen. But if we'll walk by faith, not by sight. If we'll let God measure our faith and increase our faith, that it can be the substance of those things we hope for and the evidences of those things we don't see. That when our mind tries to get wrapped around it and it doesn't make sense, I'm glad that faith can give us some evidence, some substance of the things that cannot be seen and help us to go through whatever it is we're going through. I don't know if it's made much sense to you tonight or helped you at all. It's what's been on my heart, seeing the things that are not seen. It is possible by faith. And it will change the way we view our life. It will change our outlook. It will change our attitude. It will change the way we live in this world when we see the things by faith that are not seen. God help us in these days. Father, I thank You, Lord, tonight for the privilege and the opportunity to be in Your house tonight with Your people. I know, Lord, it ain't been much on my part, just very feeble effort and scattered words. Lord, I pray You'd take and You'd add Your increase to it. Lord, that You'd use the Word of God and the truths therein, Lord, that You might strengthen and help us in these days. Strengthen our faith and help us, Lord, not to focus and look and have our attention and our affection on just the things that are seen. But Lord, help us by the eye of faith to overcome and see the things that are not seen. Lord, to have victory as they did in Hebrews chapter 11 by faith. Lord, the same faith that they had can be measured unto us and work in us in these days. Thank you, Lord, for this privilege and this time together. Bless each and every one that's here. Bless those who are not able to be here. Lord, have your way among us. And above everything, would you get honor and glory to yourself out of all that's been done or said. We'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.